0: Welcome to the Inner Athlete Podcast where we discuss all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring. Welcome back to the Inner Athlete Podcast. Um, I've got a special guest here. I've got Mr. Ray Breed. Um, He is a lecturer at Swinburne um, in the Faculty of Exercise and Sports Science or that department specifically. Um, First of all, thanks for coming. Thank you. Cool. the reason why i've got um ray here because he has extensive experience in the exercise and sports science field um even education well yeah well, specifically education at the moment um, but also in your past history as well um do you want to give a give us your little elevator pitch and we'll get stuck into it
1: awesome looking forward to it
0: thank Good. you um yeah just give us a brief rundown of your history and like how did you get into the industry first it's probably the easiest way and then kind of give us a brief history of your previous employment um and we'll go from there sure um
1: look i i trace back to how i get into this industry and it goes all the way back i think to to secondary school um and we're talking over 30 years ago now um had some fantastic pe teachers um brought up in the country just loved my sport um so i always knew that i wanted to do something in the sporting field um, I started off actually training at University of Ballarat, now Federation Uni, as a PE teacher. Um, so I trained there and then I went off teaching, did the usual overseas trip, taught in London for about five years, um, did some athletics and cricket, you know, competed over there and had a, had a blast. Um, and then after about five years of, of teaching in some pretty challenging schools in London, I thought, okay, I want a little bit of a career change and i I touch base with some some of my old lecturers. So it's always good to keep in touch with uh, and with old lecturers and and previous contacts. And then I looked at doing a master's in um, basically strength and conditioning or some field of exercise science. So I went back to Uni of Ballarat, uh, did a master's in um, basically in biomechanics and strength and power training. So I did a research study um, looking at how strength and power development impacts swimmers or youth youth swimmers. Um, And then while I was there, I got into... Uh, I started to do a lot of presentations at at conferences and things like that. And um, I did one at a football conference, AFL. um, And there were a few coaches there. And they said, oh, do you want to come down and... uh do some work with our players and have a look and do some consulting. So I did that for a couple of years um, in the early days at Hawthorne and then North Melbourne Footy Club. Um, and from that, I got a full-time gig as high-performance manager at North Melbourne Football Club, where I managed the sports science programs, um, basically overseeing the load and the training of all the players. Um, and then since that, I've, ha- I've had a gig as a... Uh, head of department in in a school just down the road, St Leonards College, head of PA and head of sport. Uh, part of the role there was developing our strength and conditioning programs and our active programs for not just the sporty kids but also the basically getting kids more active. So I really enjoyed that change you know going from that elite level back into a school and uh, working with kids. Uh, and then more recently, I'm now in my fifth year working at Swinburne University in exercise and sports science. And, and one of my roles there is actually working with students and developing their coaching skills, um, particularly in strength and conditioning. So from from the, the start, from school through to where I am now, I think the underlying two underlying messages are just a love and interest in sport and fitness. And secondly, have had some fantastic mentors and guidance along the way. And I think they're two of the critical things that have got me to this point.
0: Yeah, the, um, oh. I was working. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, yeah, I think the, foot, the footy gig would have, would have been very interesting. It's good. when, what year was that?
1: Yeah, so I was full-time in that role between 2007 and 2012. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, and then I did a couple of years consulting
0: uh, prior to that, uh, 04, or 06, 04 to oh six. yeah. Yeah, because it was like strength and conditioning was starting to become a thing then as well back in the early 2000s. Mm. Um I I, was still in, I think I was in high school when, i don't know I was just starting high school i think yeah, <laughs> yeah I was yeah. in high school yeah. um but that that's really cool to see um and then obviously you've done so did your research pitch with uh, peace uh, with um, youth swimmers um and what was the kind of the key takeaways for that like what you, what was the real research findings yeah so that
1: was i 'm going to show my age now that yeah. was uh 98, 99, nine two thousand around around that time, and it was actually before they were using track starts, track starts in uh, in swimming, so it was predominantly um, grab starts, and then using a the swim swing start for relay changeovers. So we were actually one of the first groups to uh, look at the instrumented block, where where the um, where the swimmer could have their back foot. Yeah, back uh, and then we looked at comparing the force in all of those and then we looked at a strength program versus a plyometric program Mm -hmm. and if it had any impact on any of the starting variations Um, and at that time we actually showed some pretty good evidence that the the track start and swimming was starting to prove to be more effective than
0: the the traditional grub start Yeah. Ah, yeah interesting and what was the difference between the strength and the plyometrics? We or was there. That's probably the thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there was. Um, I think it comes down to also the the prior strength development of the of the athletes, but mm. we certainly showed that the specific plyometric program was was more useful in terms of um, improving the the distance from the start of from the edge of the block to finger point entry, and also time to five meters. So the plyometric program had had a better effect on on those fa-
0: on those variables interesting because so, yeah because we do have quite a few swimmers here and we do mm. implement quite a bit of plyometric work mm. um, then olympic lifting yep uh, for the training as well and yeah, yeah we've seen some positive outcomes i'm mm. um, just incorporating that so there you go yeah awesome that's cool um but today, um, more specifically, like we want, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the, where the inter- industry is going. Obviously, you've been a part of it for the best part of you know 30 years now, mm. um, and just kind of seeing, obviously, helping the next generation coming through, which mm. we've been doing for the last five years, over at Swinburne. and obviously that we've got some, we've had interns over the last, oh, I guess, three years mm. since pretty much from operation. Mm. Um, where do you see the industry kind of moving forward in terms of i guess the strength of conditioning, and do you see like more niches kind of breaking out or where do you see the general trend going hmm.
1: I think one of the one of the issues that we 've seen over the last four to five years in particular is that overlap between i guess p t S&C, exercise science, even some overlap with EP um, and so on and it's it's really clearly identifying what each of the roles are for each of the different particular industries. Um, I think the students themselves can often be quite confused as well as to the differences Um, and I think like you alluded to I think what we're going to find is as you said, some more niche areas in terms of specific SNC for, we've already seen it in terms of tactical, you know, SNC specific for, you know, um, for the Army, Navy, Police. Fireys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I think we're going to see a little bit more of that. Um, At the moment, probably last Twelve to twenty-four months. We've also seen a specific uh, group together in terms of SNC specific for youth athletes and the concept of long-term athlete development. Um, so I can see that sort of coming out into another niche area. Um, but again, how how we sort of differentiate the different. Um, Model, uh, the different uh, industries, um, you know, with PT, say assert cert three and four, uh, always a role. I mean, we see them predominantly going into larger commercial gyms, um, S and C coaches. I mean, technically you can do a level one um, ASCA SNC uh, my understanding is with, with just a bit of experience um, so I think it's going to also become a little bit more heavily regulated in terms of what what a coach requires in order to do what specific roles mm. um, and I think we've seen uh, ESSA, Exercise Sports Science Australia really clamped down on that in the last four to five years in terms of trying to clearly define People's roles, but but like you alluded to, I think we are going to see a bit more specialization of S and C coaches into particular fields and areas. The one area I see is probably the biggest growth area at the moment is in schools, um, particularly with the funding going into schools from you know active um, uh, you know from the AIS, what, what was the AIS um, and also that big push for increasing students' physical activity. Um, you know the the research and results coming out at the moment is not not pleasing to read in terms of the uh, overall physical activity of of kids. The current standards. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So so I see the schools, you know, being really key players. And look, it wouldn't surprise me to see you know some sort of specialised physical activity centre, whether that be a gym uh, with, with weights or. Um, particularly for community and and kids outside of the PE, and organised situation, mm. pretty much every school I think will have something like that in a few years' time. Yeah,
0: yeah. I spent a little bit of time over in the US. So I went to the University of Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, I might have told this story a couple of times, but when I think when I was going uh, in the lead up of going there, I tried to do as much research as I could in terms of understanding like the high school system. Mm. Um, but the, how do they transition to college as well yeah. what i had noticed is even some of the, the the state schools there had some sort of funding in order for a gymnasium there mm. and then they would have like a dedicated full-time strength coach or a part-timer someone who would run the facility essentially and just basically have supervised hours and, ha- and follow some level of a structured mm. program and usually they would kind of liaise with the sports now th- their, their sporting system is a little bit different to the way we operate mm. in australia like we have more clubs mm. uh, i guess we're more the catholic and private schools um or independent schools they'll have their own program and they'll have an snc coach because usually they can actually self-fund it Mm. in that sense and what you you tend to see is more um positive outcomes in terms of buying with the schools but Mm. then because one of my um housemates was actually working when i was over there he was working he was interning with me but they had also picked up a job um, working at a high school as well and he really particularly enjoyed it working with the i think it was the female basketball and volleyball programs there Mm. on a part-time basis Um, and then what the school had done is actually had different like different ssc coaches run different programs but they also also allowed the kids to come in and do like almost their own thing in the weight gym as well whether it's you know after school before school or even um at lunchtime as well Mm. i just i i personally think i would have loved to have done something more like Mm. that if there was like a facility like similar to this doesn't have to be huge or massive Mm. or anything like that Mm. does it have some access and support because i think we're going to get more positive outcomes not from a performance perspective as such but yep. more from like from a societal perspective like obesity um obesity rates will start to drop or childhood obesity mm. Mm. Uh, grades will start to improve we said we see that with a lot of kids here sure. to actually start training yep. and the nutrition starts to improve as well because like oh i'm getting results from the weights I'm like mm. what else can i do yep. i can eat better mm. so we see a positive changes in that side and then it's more buying from the parents because the mm. the parents see the kids performing better feeling better better grades i'm like wow what what Mm. other parent doesn't want that for sure essentially Mm. um but then there's a few schools that we work with some of the students go to um, different schools around here and Mm. we tend to see programs like that as well that they're starting to pop up and propagate um Mm. throughout and the unfortunate thing is like when the kids get older Mm. pe becomes less of a mm. um, importance or physical activity becomes less important more focus on academics whether it's year 11 year 12 where yep. the grades become more important um, so there tends to be a shift in priority but it's more about that mm. can you transition them from year 7 8 9 and actually propagate the their willingness to be in the gym mm. transition it to 10 11 12 where it's more just about that maintenance mm. where they can help help assist them with their grades yep. met physical mental well-being um, then mm. by the time they leave school, then it's just become a normal fixture of their life. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I, you're seeing... I think we've seen a lot of that development in schools. Um, You know, in the last five to ten years at at the school I worked with, not far from here, um, you know, part of the role was to get the kids more active. And we had some programs specifically for year 11s and 12s. They'd come down, get on the exercise bikes while they got their study notes, those sorts of things. Um, But you alluded to a point which I think is critical, and that is that sometimes students at that age and also the parents think that Doing more is better. In other words, doing eight hours study a day at the cost of doing an hour's exercise is better than six hours study and an hour of exercise, for example. So it's certainly a, a challenge that faces all of us at the moment to be able to educate students and also parents on you know, the benefits of activity and how, you know, losing an hour of study a day can actually be a, a benefit. Uh, to the student rather than actually a hindrance in terms of their overall results so um, yes, yeah, so I think schools are doing some pretty good stuff at the moment and I think it's just going to become more and more and you know, become much more formalised in
0: schools yeah and eventually it will be commonplace it'll probably take another 5 to 10 years to become just like standardised across all schools mm. um, I think the i think it would actually be a good research area as well to actually Mm. see you know when programs are implemented to see what are the actual outcomes do we Mm. see changes in grades behavior issues um, to um, what's the buy-in with the school with yep. a lot of programs as well. Like we see a lot of like pro, um, school programs around here. Mm. The kids are just like, when they have like the swimming carnivals against other schools, there's just a massive buy mm. into the school. Yep. So we, we tend to see more positive outcomes in yep. that sense. Mm. Um, but I know, like I said before, if I would've I would have used it completely. Yeah, mm. it's good. Um, but I think the other issue is, as well is, it's the insurance side now because mm the old um it's like oh we shouldn't do strength training until the 16 whole dogma yeah. um i guess on um, wives tale had taken traction and i don't know where it kind of propagated from mm. but it's funny because there's been a lot of research over the last i don't know 20 30 years to actually say that it, out of all the sports you, you can think of but like 20 or 30 different sports it's actually the safest one of the lot mm so it's it, to me it's it's quite interesting to see that all oh, you know strength training is dangerous, but yep. you know we eliminate a lot of variables that potentially could make it dangerous
1: yeah it's a good point you make i I liken it back to anything can be dangerous if it's instructed poorly and and i think I think that's the sort of difference um you know there was obviously some cases of children getting injured, adolescents getting injured, but it's usually as a result of not not following solid principles and foundations um of exercise
0: and um of rules we just call them rules essentially
1: okay yeah yeah basically and uh you know we all know that uh we don't have to be a genius to say if if a 12 year old's never done any strength work before and you try and load them up and do 4rm type exercise they're going to be at a higher risk of injury absolutely Um, but again if we we follow these simple rules um then it's a it's a very safe and I think an essential part of of a of a youth development and you know we've seen the the research that that's in a lot of these long term athlete development models which shows that you know it's sort of between the ages of six and nine are actual crucial years for that first level of development through aerobic, anaerobic, you know, general strength and those sorts of things. So so I think the underlying message is that um, strength training is not bad for children and adolescents unless it's taught really poorly. So so uh, chocolate's not bad.
0: I'll share a shitload of it. Mm. <laughs> Along that, yeah, yeah. basically. Um, I, yeah, because we've discussed it numerous times. Because our youngest member is 10 years old, actually, and he mm. comes in at 6 in the morning, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I know, very impressive. He yeah, loves coming in. Yeah. So, um, and one of the coaches, Dave, he looks after him primarily. He writes up, you know, he sets up like a basic program. It doesn't have to be like as structured as like doing like a 3 by 12 or something like that for mm. a junior athlete, mm. or even just a junior who's, who plays basketball at a club level. Mm. He just he just enjoys it because then we can kind of borderline gamify it for him mm. as well. It's like, all right, you need to say we set the basketball ring at a certain height. Yeah. You have to try and touch the net six times, mm. or we or you have to push the sled from you know A to B within five seconds yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So we provide these ch- challenges, and then once they accomplish these challenges Mm. then they're like then it's that sense of achievement that Mm. they get from it then they create more buying in in order to continue on with that Mm. then the idea is as they start to get more mature they'll actually start to feel and notice the physiological changes Mm. from the strength training or from the training in general Um, and then there's going to be a they've created that habit in order then we can just Mm. continue as well Mm.
1: and and you're spot on like particularly I think intrinsic motivation and developing that when when a child's young or you know like you're saying even as young as six but you know probably 10 11 12 is sort of where I started to see the students get interested in in that area and want to come down to the gym um and and you're absolutely right instead of giving them those sort of traditional exercises give them little challenges um start to improve their motivation so that they've got that want to keep coming back before you know they undertake that that more serious and higher level form of training and uh yep enjoyment i think is just the critical thing in any level of coaching
0: you have just listened to the inner athlete podcast be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the release of weekly episodes Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to get great tips on all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring.